0: Hi, everyone, and welcome. It's great to see you here today. On behalf of the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education, I'd like to welcome you to the War Memorial Opera House and the San Francisco Ballet Meet the Artist Program. I'm Cheryl Osola, a writer for San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine. And I am very happy to get to talk about music today with the company's music director and principal conductor, Martin West. Good afternoon. I'd also like to welcome our podcast listeners. If you're tuning in, today is Sunday, May 4th, 2014. You can find some of the Meet the Artist interviews on our website, sfballet.org. And uh, there's plenty of other good stuff on there, including the company's blog, Open Studio 455, along with casting, adult education events, photos, videos, and much more. Now my guest, Martin West, began his ballet conducting career in 1997 at English National Ballet as the principal conductor. He trained in his native England, at London's Royal Academy of Music, and in Russia at the St. Petersburg Conservatory of Music. He has guest conducted for New York City Ballet, the Royal Ballet, Houston Ballet, National Ballet of Canada, Silicon Valley Symphony, and the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic, among others. He became music director here in 2005 after working with the company on multiple occasions as a guest conductor. So, Martin, when did you begin studying music? Uh,
1: In the womb, I think, actually. Um, (laughs) uh, My mother was a a music teacher, a a peripatetic music teacher for the local city. And she taught, uh, she still does actually, till this day, um, flute and clarinet. And uh, both my brothers, uh, who are older than me, also played piano and instruments. So when I was four, I think, was the first time I played in an orchestra. My, my mum uh, used to uh, be, uh, help run the youth orchestra on a Friday night and she couldn't get babysitting. So I sat in the percussion section and played triangle. <laughs> so I play, I've played uh, music ever since I can remember. I think I started playing the piano properly when I was, uh, having proper lessons when I was five. And I started the violin, I think, when I was six. But I gave up when I was six and a half and took up the cello instead. Sorry. So I, I was a cellist, really.
0: So, in addition to your music education, you studied math at Cambridge. Mm -hmm. So,
1: maths, actually, because it's in England, so we have to... Right, maths, Um,
0: You know, there's been a lot of scientific um, talk about how maths, maths, plural, and music use the same part of the brain. Um, What do you think about
1: that? There were certainly a lot of uh, very good musicians who did maths at Cambridge. Um, I've never, I don't know why why it works. The best explanation I ever had uh, that I thought was good was uh, from the famous physicist Richard Feynman who who thought that maybe because both maths and physics and music are written down in basically very strange languages uh, which requires brain to translate them into something else. So maybe, maybe something to do with that, the ability to see a pattern and see patterns in something that not necessarily is obvious. I don't know.
0: Makes sense to me. If you're just joining us, my guest today is music director and principal conductor Martin West. So... You know, each season um, you start very early, working with the choreographers. Um, and like a ballet master, whose goal is to have the ballet that's being staged be as true to the choreographer's intent as possible, you want to honor what the composer wanted as well. And yet, you also have to help the choreographer make it work. So, can you talk a little bit about what sounds like a balancing act? I think.
1: I think. Uh you're absolutely right. The, my, I've always been brought up to be a musician which is a humble musician in that my job is to try and work out what the composer intended, not to have an idea about um, what I think it should go like. It's really to try and work out what the composer meant from the score, and that's how I approach, I approach all my music making. Um, so, uh, well, we're faced every year with two, sets, two different types of ballets, the the new ones, and the ones that are already established. And ones that are already established, the other is there. And inevitably, uh, it doesn't always match your your first impressions of the music. So um, I just spend a long time working out how it can fit something that is integ- it has integrity to the music. So I mean, there's plenty of ways of playing each piece of music. There's no one way, of course, and there's no one way of dancing it either. So, you know, instead of having a thousand options, I might be limited to ten, or might be limited to one. But there's always one option that will make the music work somehow.
0: And sometimes it's a matter of adjusting tempos, and sometimes it's a matter of actually, like, juxtaposing different pieces together. Well...
1: It's it's a it's a matter. Of, usually with choreography, it's a matter of working out where the phrasings are, so that the phrasing can match the music. So, yeah, tempos are in, involved, but it's I think I for me it's it's not really just about tempo. Tempo is is a very strange thing anyway, because if you try and tap out on a metronome, uh, I have a little thing on my phone where I can tap out the speed, you know, and it'll tell me how fast the thing is. When, once it gets to any sort of reasonable speed, you realize you can't tap evenly. It's impossible to do 80 to the minute. It's, you always fluctuate between 75, 76, 82, and it's around there. Because you naturally phrase, you can't speak a sentence and have one word per sec and it sounds absolutely, you know, it sounds ridiculous and then when you hear music that's played on a click track you can tell immediately because there's no soul to it there's nothing there, it's just absolutely blindly played without any sort of phrasing, phrasing or rhythmical phrasing anyway and of course with dancers they have to phrase you know, uh, some, they, they take time to turn around and they take time to land, things like that
0: so, yeah, as a ballet conductor, you're actually dealing with a third element. You know, mo- every conductor has the score and the musicians, but you've got the score, the musicians, and the dancers. Mm-hmm. And I sort of doubt they teach you how to do that in school.
1: They certainly don't, no. Um, they don't teach anywhere. That I learned... Um, actually, your, your little bio was slightly wrong. I joined English National Ballet as just assistant conductor. So my first job, I, the first thing I did was do Swan Lake on no rehearsal, in a, in a performance in Southampton in England, um, on having really been uh, acquainted with the ballet for about two weeks, and I just st- stepped in and did it. So it was really matter of s- sink or swim, and you know, so I think I think I maybe have treaded water a little bit, but um, you know, it's very difficult. And fortunately, the, the thing is. Uh, when we all all artists, we we learn our craft in private. You know, the dancers do so much study when from when they're five, and they're standing at the bar getting all their muscles working. As a cellist, I, I was a cellist from when I was um, five years old, learning how to play the cello. Even as a conductor, I started conducting at 18. So when I first conducted English National Ballet, I was I've was, been conducting for nearly 10 years. But the, the point being is, there's nowhere to train to conduct to, be, to ballet. There's nowhere that has ballet orchestras with, you know, kiddie wink ballets. It just doesn't happen. So there's no. So the only way to do it is in the professional area. So it's it's, it's you know it's hard.
0: How long did it take you before you felt like you really got the hang of no,
1: it? No, I'm still doing it. <laughs> right. No, I mean seriously. I mean you always learn. Uh, it, I think you probably. <laughs> Certain productions are easier than others, and, and the way English National Ballet worked was that we would perform one piece a lot on tour, so they would do maybe 30 or 40 performances of Swan Lake or something, So and I would get to do 10 or 15 of them, so it was a, good, a really good way of, of you know, re- repeating and getting better at it, so learning from your mistakes, hopefully.
0: If you're just coming in, I'm chatting with music director and principal conductor Martin West. So quite a few years ago, you told me that on average the con- the orchestra gets about nine hours of rehearsal per program. So, that's right. Yeah. Um, like three three-hour rehearsals. Um, that's still the case. And
1: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, on average.
0: And d- does it? Do you get to adjust? Like you know, it, obviously, if they know the work well, you're going to spend less time on it. And
1: yeah, you know, I mean that really is just else. an average. So. Um Uh, The programme we're doing today, the fifth season, was it fifth season? Suite en Blanc. Uh, We just did Suite en Blanc last year. uh, Fifth season we've done quite a few times over the past 10 years. So they didn't take too long. And uh, and Philip Glass actually was quite easy. This is one of the relatively easy ones. I'm not sure we even had nine hours on this. But then the other programme we're doing at the moment with programme eight, the the Brahms Schoenberg, it's a 50 minute piece, 45 minute piece. It's huge. It took a long time and glass pieces, they, they basically read through it and it's all fine because it's this piece that they know very well and, and is relatively easy. And Agon, which is only 20 minutes, took almost as long as the Brahms because it's, it's absolutely fiendish. So. <laughs> and next year we'll be doing again the
0: wonderful Shostakovich, which I'm sure took quite a bit of prep.
1: Uh, yeah, that did take a lot of prep. It's difficult, Shostakovich, but uh, actually all those pieces are quite short, so relatively it makes a lot of... I mean, it's, it seems silly that... It should make that much difference. But obviously, it, you know, it takes a certain amount of time to, to learn a certain amount of music uh, properly to actually talk about it. So, uh, yeah, but it sh- Shostakovich, that'll be great next year. It was pretty good this year, but it'll be even good, even better next year, I think.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask if you're looking forward to getting your teeth into it again. It seems a shame to only do it once.
1: Absolutely. There are certain pieces that uh, just get better in the more you, you play them. We've done a few, we did Rite of Spring again this year, and it was fantastic to come back having played it last year and to start at a completely different level than we started um, from the year before. And, you know, the first rehearsal this time was almost as good as the last show last year. So we can take it up that notch and, and get it more and more exciting and whatever else we can add.
0: So with the Shostakovich, um, in, in a sort of six degrees of separation thing, I guess you've got what would be a, a second-degree connection with Shostakovich himself. I do, yeah. You want to tell that story?
1: Um, well, yeah. Well, I, as, uh, as you said, I studied in Russia for a little bit, in St. Petersburg. I was very lucky enough when I was at the Royal Academy to be part of a masterclass with a, a legendary teacher from St. Petersburg, Ilya Musin. Who taught many, many, many great Russian conductors, and uh, when I met him, he was 90, or 89, I think. And uh, I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity of learning with him. So I went to study, uh, took a sabbatical from the, uh, the Royal Academy, and spent uh, three months in Russia. But Shostakovich, Musin, was, uh, uh, M- uh, was uh, an incredible man who taught for in the end it was uh, 70 years in the conservatory. He died age 96 having just taught on the Saturday and he died on a Sunday. And um, he was an amazing teacher and he entered the academy, the conservatory in, in St. Petersburg at the same time as Shostakovich. And they were both quite young so they became quite good friends and uh, uh, Shostakovich and Moussin, uh played through the first symphony of Shostakovich together on the piano, so I always felt I had a you know, big connection with that. Shostakovich was incredible to these stories that Moussin would tell of him, it was great.
0: He played through it before anyone else had yeah, ever heard actually, it, Yeah,
1: right? actually, one of the good stories was that uh, Mussing got on the bus one day and saw Shostakovich, he Says, said, oh, hi, Dima, you know, wh- what are you doing, what's, what's that in your hand? He said, oh, I've got this, I'm just, uh, I thought of a tune, I'm going to try it out. At, at the time, Shostakovich was playing piano in the, the cinema, for the silent movies. And he said, I'm going to go take it and to try it out tonight at the cinema. And uh, so the next day, Musin saw him and said, um, so how does that tune work? I said, oh, it's really good. I'm going to use it for the scherzo for my first symphony. So...
0: I love that. So, um, in addition to next season, uh, the company has a really big deal event coming up um, with this tour to Paris, and we're taking 20-something ballets?
1: I, th- I forget now. I think it's 18, yeah. is it? I don't know. I've lost count. So what, tell, tell us
0: a little bit about what that means to
1: you. Well, it's an, I mean, it's a huge challenge for me because I have to go and teach an orchestra. I think it's 14 of them to, to orchestra so I mean if you think what we do in this season we'll do six programs and two full lengths or something like that well we're basically taking the equivalent of six programs so instead of having three or four weeks with the orchestra and and to get it all together I have a week to get everything together Uh, it's really quite an I don't know Talk to me afterwards. <laughs> See how it's gone. Then I don't know. I mean, it'll be some some pieces. I know will be fine. Some pieces are incredibly challenging. I mean, Agon is very very hard. And the, uh, this orchestra that's played it so many times, there's so much memory of that piece in this orchestra that even even then we spent three hours learning it. So in Paris, I have three hours to turn, teach it from scratch. So. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And it's a different program every night. And So we do maybe Agon on one Thursday. They don't do it for another week. And then we'll suddenly take it out of nowhere and do it again. So it's going to be... Maybe I'll give my assistant that second performance. I don't know.
0: <laughs> will, will you be working with any of the same musicians as the last time the company was in Paris?
1: Uh, last time they went to Paris, they used tape, actually. So they didn't use any. But I actually do know the musicians. I... Um, was in Paris was it 2 years ago with Miami City Ballet they were they did the same festival and so and I was asked if I could do the last week of that or so I did I have met the musicians I do know that they're very good they're very young and uh keen and and good so you know I have good hope
0: so you've actually led one of these Meet the Artist interviews before um, doing it with the entire orchestra. You want to talk a little bit about that since probably not everybody here got to participate?
1: Yeah, well, we did it on a Sunday, so I hope many of you did see it. Um, oh, thank you. Um, it was something that I, I saw a few years back. Um, my colleague in City Ballet, Faisal, decided to do this thing called See the Music and he did a little slot within the program, and I, I just thought it was a really good idea. And it's difficult to put them into our programs, but uh, I really wanted to, um, well, sh- well, lots of things to to show the or- the audience the orchestra and, and sh- show that they're real people, uh, amongst other things. And because uh, I'm so proud of our orchestra, and I think they are fantastic players, and they 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 sit down six feet you know below the ground, and they don't get to. Uh, to, to experience what the audience feel, feel in that same sort of sense, so I really wanted to get them more on on the uh, on the same level, I suppose, as the as the audience. And uh, and some of the music we're doing is so great that I just wanted to share some of just my thoughts, even if they're not very interesting to anybody else. I just want to talk about it. So um, I really enjoyed it. It took more time to sort out those two meet the artists and the rest of my whole season, I think. But uh, I think ultimately it was it was well, well worth it, and hope to do some more.
0: Absolutely. And the orchestra does other things besides sit down there six feet below the stage. Um, one thing is spending time at Skywalker Ranch in the recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, CDs that have been done include uh, Nutcracker, uh, um, some Bizet music, Delete. Which?
1: Symphony in C. Symphony, Symphony, in C, Symphony yes. and a few other pieces by Bizet.
0: Yeah, Sylvia and Coppelia, uh, Raku, and then there's a, a relatively new ballet called Tom Sawyer that you recorded. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what else is coming up?
1: Uh, well, we just uh, recorded um, a disc of music by Moritz Moskowski, who you might know. Uh, Letsky's ballet, Foreign Lands, from Foreign Lands. Is, uh, so we recorded that piece of music. It's only been recorded once before. And so we thought we'd like to have a go at that. And we found, uh, actually, a whole load of music by Moskowski that's never been recorded. So uh, we're quite excited about that. There's a lot of world premiere recordings. Because he was a great composer, and he was largely forgotten now. He was very, very, very famous at the turn of the century. Um, When he got ill, um, all the famous musicians in, in, uh, in America got together and put on a concert in Carnegie Hall. And raised fifteen thousand dollars. It was for him. Unfortunately, he died before he got the money. But it, it's—he uh, was a very incredibly famous uh, pianist slash conductor uh, composer. Uh, and it's about time he was remembered, I think, again. So look out for that. Please buy it.
0: So, is—is is there typically like a line item in the budget for these recordings, or how how are they funded?
1: Uh, well, good, good question. So the orchestra do have uh, on. In their basic package, they have a small amount every year set aside for uh, what we call special projects. and uh, So things like the Meet the artists we can pay for through special projects. And so uh, they have money f- uh, to do the recording, some of them, the basic orchestra, which are 49 players. So, but then that's just the, the musician cost. There's all the other costs involved of renting the studio and the producers and and whatever uh, quite significant so we've had various success in in partnering with the record company reference records have been great they've been very excited to do things with us Uh, the Tom Sawyer was basically funded by the composer and his record company Uh, they put a lot of money towards that Uh, but it's always a struggle because you know uh, we're always looking for the last $10,000 to do these projects and uh, we're trying to you know, uh, now, trying to organize next year. Uh, we have a couple of projects in mind. Uh, one composer who, I, I can't say too much, but would be familiar to this audience, uh, wants to record a couple of his pieces. But, you know, we're just, we're just looking out there and we'll see if we can work it out. Uh, it's always tricky though. I spend a lot of time doing that.
0: Is, is it something that, that you generate or do people come to you?
1: A bit of both. Uh, re- reference came to me a few years back and said, "Because you know, they're, they're based in Pacifica, and said we'd be really interested in making records with you. How about it?" Uh, and I said, "Yeah, it's great. Let's talk." So, uh, so that works. Basically, we pay for the orchestra, and they pay for everything else there. So it's it's a really good. It's like the good old days of record companies when they would pay for everything. But record companies don't do that anymore. You know, um, mostly they're self-funded by orchestras now. So. That's why only certain, rec- uh, certain orchestras are making records now, because a lot of them don't have the money to do it.
0: So, in your spare time, do you actually like listen to music, or is that the last thing you want to I, do? Uh,
1: <laughs> I have two small children. Uh, my daughter's four and a half, and her mum was a bar- ballerina, and every night we have dancing in front of the... The TV we put on the classical radio, classical station on the radio, and she dances away. So I hear music there. I don't go out listening to music tremendously. We have it in the car. I'd put it in for the kids more. But uh, I'd like to have a rest sometimes. It's quite exhausting listening to music all the time.
0: I can imagine. Well, I would like to open this up to questions from you. I know you have them. Uh, Please do keep them brief and one per person. Yes. (laughs) The first question was whether there will be an orchestra concert. Um, and next year's your 10th anniversary.
1: My 10th anniversary. It yeah. is my 10th anniversary next year.
0: I didn't hear the second half, so we'll just go with
1: the first I'll, half. I'll, I'll do both. Um, the other one was about whether we got a new concept Master. So I'll, I'll do both parts. Uh, so what we've decided, it's very difficult to um, plan anniversaries. And so we went back and forward. Do we, do we celebrate the 40th year? or the 40th birthday. So we've decided to put it back next an year and do the 40th birthday. So we're going to try and plan some extra things for that year. It's, it's not always easy to plan these things. So we're looking at 2016 as our very, uh, trying to be our 40th anniversary kind of thing. But uh, uh, the Concertmaster, the question was, have we got a new Concertmaster yet for next year? Because Roy Milan is retiring after, after pretty much 40 years of being a Concertmaster here. And we are on our way to having a concertmaster. Next year, you'll see, if you look down in the pit, every, uh, at least six people who we're going to trial out. We've, we've had auditions, we've had some amazing applicants. But the the role of the concertmaster isn't just about playing the violin. It's about being a, a, a lead of the orchestra and uh, the, the, the right fit, personality-wise and, and, and sort of musically-wise. So it's important that we take our time and find... Who, who it could be because if they're there for forty years as well, it was important to get the right the right fit. So uh, we have some incredible players coming next year from all over the world. Actually, one from England, one from France, and uh, two, three from the states. And uh, so hopefully by the end of next year we'll have chosen. And if we haven't decided between them all, we will just continue until we've decided on the one that we really want.
0: Yes. The question is whether live recordings are done during the ballets.
1: That's a very good question. Uh, no, we haven't. Only when we've taken uh, um, TV or you know DVD uh, takes, and it is possible. We can do it. Uh, the, the, uh, we haven't thought about it, but we haven't done it. Um, one of the problems is, of course, there's a lot of noise from the stage. So if you're going to if you're going to release those things as um, commercial recordings in any way. You have to sort of deal with foot traffic, literally. Um, so, um, but it's something that we are able to do and actually the orchestra's contract does allow for something like that now. They have the, the new agreement with the unions that sort of allows that. But it's a big, it's a big deal to get everything in. The, the recording system set up is, is, is all, again, it's very expensive, so we'd have to find ways of doing that. But I wouldn't have minded having a few takes of the Ride of Spring. I thought some of them were pretty good, so it would have been fun.
0: I guess you'd have to pull a Michael Tilson-Thomas and throw cough drops out to the audience, too. Uh, Well, it's
1: more like getting the girls (laughs) to hammer their point shoes, so we can't hear them on stage.
0: Yes? Who's the ballerina
1: you're married to? Oh, uh, Kristin Long. The the question was
0: who who his wife is. (laughs) Anyone else out there? Yes? She's, she's commenting on the, um, what she calls the exquisite timing of the orchestra with the, with the dancers and wants to know if you memorize the scores so that you can watch the stage.
1: Uh, no, I don't memorize, but I have a fantastic peripheral vision. I, I mean, that's the only way to do it. I mean, when I'm conducting, I can't look at all the orchestra, but I'm, I, I try and be aware of everything. So it's like driving, really. You, know, you look at the road, but you're quite well aware that somewhere there's a pedestrian that might be crossing or whatever. So... Um, what I try and do in the studio is, is learn the ballet, the steps of the ballet, in such a way that I know where I'm, I'm probably going to be needed to look. Where, um, where, and other times where I know that, okay, well this is established now, this is all going well, I'll check in with you a little bit later so that I can... Contr- you know, so I'm always flipping between the orchestra and, and, the, and the stage. And depending on the ballet, it can be more to the stage or more to the orchestra. It depends on the choreography and, and the nature of the piece.
0: Yes. With music? At, at what point in the rehearsal process is the orchestra involved?
1: Uh, if, you, if you step back from the opening night in the afternoon we have a dress rehearsal with the orchestra and usually the day before we have an orchestra and stage rehearsal so that's the two times that the dancers hear the music with the orchestra before that the dancers rehearse either to ta- uh, to tape although i prefer and we all prefer to do it to piano because it's a live instrument so that there can be the give and take and i can actually learn my craft by influencing the piano so that when it comes to the orchestra i know what i'm going to have to do with the orchestra if you do it to a tape it's like it's like playing to a click track there's nothing to learn you just you're only getting half the story, because you don't know whether something would be more comfortable quicker, or whether it's possible quicker, or I can do the phrasing I wanted to do, or whether, you know, actually, you know, it's not quite right. They just get used to a certain thing, and therefore, then it becomes blocked in. And one of the reasons of having live music is to allow us to change and to breathe with the dancers, which is why it's so much more exciting, I think, to have the orchestra, you know.
0: Anyone else? Yes. Sorry, could you st- You're going to have to repeat that. Well, How do you communicate with the orchestra in Paris? Well,
1: I, uh, I do speak French a little bit, but probably not good enough f- for French people. Um, so I, sh- I, I know that they speak uh, English as well. But, you know, the language of music is, is Italian anyway, so it's amazing what you can do with a few grunts and in Italian terms. Um, <laughs>
0: Somebody got overlapped here. Yeah, go ahead. um, how um, how How do you prepare for a studio session versus a live performance?
1: I don't think we do. Uh, they, it's, it's, it's the same thing. We're making music. But what's, what's interesting about being in the studio is we play different. We don't prepare any different, we prepare music. But once you get into the studio, y- you are scrutinized in a completely different way. You know? a- and I don't know, every, every slight mistake has to be eliminated so that you end up... You, you, you focus your mind in a different way. I conduct in a different way, the orchestra plays in a different way. But actually what happens is you end up hopefully with a good product, but more importantly, the orchestra comes back into the pit the next day and plays better because they're then focused on a different way of playing. You add an extra dimension to, the, to your way you're playing, instead of, oh, that'll be fine, that sounds quite good, like that. No, it doesn't because we're going to listen to this for the next 40 years, hopefully. It has to be absolutely right. So it's just, it's a, it's just a brilliant way of, of training your, training yourself. It's a,
0: I think there was one here, and it has to be quick. Being in the with the while how often do you do that, and what are you doing when you're in there? How often are you in the studio during rehearsals, and what do you do when you're there?
1: Uh, during the season, I'm there pretty much as, as much as they are. In in the off-season, I go in at some point. You know, when, when a new choreography especially, uh, I'll make sure that it's sort of going okay, that there's nothing egregious happening with the music, and, and I'll go and watch the final one through to make sure, uh, you know, to see what I'm in store for, as it were, during the season. But in the season, I'm, I, I arrive well, I arrive after class, 11.30, and I stay till the last rehearsal, usually. So I just, I, what am I doing? I'm watching. I'm watching, I'm just absorbing uh, what goes on. You see the dancers dance, and you see the dancers dance not so well, and you th- is it because of the... The tempo wasn't right, and we discussed why it didn't go well, how the music can help, how the music can give the energy, what do they need here, they can't do that, you know. And then I discussed with the pianist about how to make it possible for them to play in such a way so that I can make the orchestra play that way. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a general sort of getting to know you feel all these things. So. And a new ballet that I don't know, I'll, I'll sit there many, many times, just, just, you know, just sit there. Sometimes I look like I'm saying to space, but. Um, but usually something is going again I think
0: (laughs) we are out of time I'm sorry I know that you all have a lot of questions thank you so much for being here thank you Martin West and enjoy the show